this precious time when time is new. Hey folks, oh. welcome back to Maybe Not Taue. I'm Stephen Graham. Uh, and thank you for joining us this time. Um, I think we have a very good episode. Um, and I'm glad to be uh, back recording uh, for you all. Um, and we're kind of returning to a more traditional format here um, where I'm going to do my top 25 this time of 1985. Um, and in between the uh, 25 to 11 and the 10 to 1, uh, we're going to have a guest. Um, this time it is uh, the amazing Dylan from, um, what is they from? Victory Through Guts and Stardom Quest. And they're going to be talking about um, two people uh, that they would like you to take a look at for the Greatest Wrestler Ever project. Um, and I think it's a very fun conversation. We, we touch on a lot of subjects. Um, so that's going to be pretty awesome. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, we start each episode with uh, the introduction. Um, and before I, you know, we, we, we dive deep into the podcast, I want to just uh, have a little talk about our, our lovely Discord community that's slowly growing here. Um, you know, we're, we're filled with a lot of awesome people and a lot of awesome discussions. Um, so I, I suggest everyone come in and join us. That, that would be awesome. Um, you know, there's always conversations going on. It's not just Creative Stressor Ever Project discussions. Um, you know, there's current wrestling discussions, mostly focused on all elite wrestling and stardom. Um, but, you know, a little bit about other current wrestling. Um, you know, a lot about you know, where people rank all time and stuff in other sections. Uh, and, you know, a lot of politics and music and movies and stuff as well. It's a little bit of everything. And uh, I really like to thank everyone for... Um, you know, being so accepting of gender non-conforming people and um, being very respectful in conversations. There, you know, we don't see people. You know how Twitter is kind of vile, and message boards is kind of filled with your misogyny uh, and other such nonsense, um, and a lot of dismissive uh, actions. And we don't see a lot of that here, which is really great. So I appreciate everyone who is there and is making this community so lovely. It's exactly why I wanted this project um, up and going again. Um, and yeah, it, it's turning out the way I would like. Uh, just, you know, more of us would be even more awesome. And of course, you know, every week, every weekend, we have a Saturday uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern, we have the watch parties for uh, particular candidates or particular feuds um, for a couple hours. Um, and then on Sunday, we have our Joshi Chrono Logical Watch. Um, we're up to late 93, so um, we'll, be, uh, we'll be done 93 soon, which has been an unbelievable ride throughout the year. Um, someone... Uh, who who's missed a few of the the watch parties wanted me to uh, produce a list of recommended matches for '93 and uh, for Joshi, and it was quite long. So <laughs> it's been an unbelievable year, uh, and you know we'll we'll get to 1993 on my top 25s um, once we finish that. Um, so look forward to that in the future as well. And then we'll you know we'll move on to '94. 
well, we'll keep going as long as we can keep going. Um, what else? Yeah, so, um, and if you haven't joined us for a watch party, maybe uh, I should, you know, let you know how it works. There's a nice little website we have. Um, and basically, the videos, uh, you go to that website, you just type in your name or whatever name you want to use. It doesn't have to be your legit name, obviously. Uh, and you're entered into a chat, which is on the side. And then on the main screen, the video is playing, controlled by one person. So it's all at the same time for everyone. Um, and it's a lot of fun, you know, marking out for crazy moves, having kind of discussions or just lovely chats while watching it. And if it's not a great match, you know, there's other things to talk about during that time. Um, and if it's a great match, it's a great environment, uh, you know, seeing everyone kind of freak out at the same time. Um, so yeah, I, I highly re recommend the watch parties. And, and the great thing too is that website, uh, and I'll throw it up on the descriptions, is um, it, it's it's got... All of the old watch parties videos, um, we enter them there. We don't remove them. Uh, it's not backed in because uh, we were using a different set, uh, a different site. Um, we had a different site to begin with. Sorry, my computer went all weird. Um, but we, we've switched over to this one. So since we switched to this one, all the videos are up, um, you know, uh, from the beginning. So anytime you want to go to that website, you can kind of see all the previous watch parties or Joshi Karno watches or whatever. They're all there uh, and you can click on them and it can pull up the Daily Motion or YouTube link uh, and you can watch them at your own leisure. Uh, it's also very fun that um, the first match we watched was Aja Kong versus Kairu in, uh, in Gaia. So uh, at the end of every watch party, it's right back to uh, the beginning of that match, which is insane. So <laughs> it's kind of a fun little thing. Um, so, yeah, that's the introduction. That's uh, what's going on in the Discord world. Um, on that front, uh, you know, the end. So after we, um, I do the introduction, then I do my 25 through 11 of 1985, then we talk to Dylan. And then I do my top 10 of 1985. Uh, we're going to do a, a questions and more importantly, answers period uh, of the show to end it off. Um, and I'll, I'll just be taking the questions there from, from the Discord. So maybe, maybe that will encourage others to join. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't have to be GW related. I'll, I'll kind of answer almost anything. Almost anything. Almost uh, the keyword there. And, um, yeah, so I appreciate you guys going up. And also, um, I've already started the year after 1985 for my next watch. But, you know, future years after that, uh, maybe I'll throw up a poll on the Discord so you guys can tell me what year you want me to focus on. You know, we'll get to every year eventually, hopefully. Um, but if, if there's particular years you want to see first, you know, we, we can definitely arrange that. So... Why don't we take a little break here? We'll, we'll set the mood and we'll come back and we'll be in the night, year 1985 uh, with some great uh, wrestlers. How about that? Say you don't know me, I recognize my face. Say you don't Need 
Cost of a dozen eggs was 80 cents in America. Uh, Ronald Reagan just started his second term as president. Brian Mulroney was prime minister of Canada. These these aren't good things, but these are things that happened. Uh, Back to the Future, though, was the highest grossing movie. So that's good. And the first ever WrestleMania was held. But uh, who was the top 25 wrestlers of that year? You might wonder. Um, I assume so, because that's why you... Uh, I assume part of the reason you're listening to this podcast was because you wanted to hear the answer to that. At least in my opinion. Because, really, you know, you might not agree with me. <laughs> so, but, you know, this is... Uh, I've watched a lot of stuff. This is not going off memory. Um, I did the same thing I've done in the past, where I, uh, I took every match from my database. Um, and I started uh, adding up the stars and dividing by the amount of matches for each person um, that I'm considering for 1985. Um, and then I they added in the amount of matches they have for the whole year, and I kind of sorted by that so I knew who to look at for. Uh, and then I started watching a ton of shit for everyone just so I could, um, you know, make the amount of matches per person up much higher so I could get a better kind of understanding about them uh, if I if I wasn't completely understanding of them at the time. And uh, then I adjusted because, you know, <laughs> match ratings aren't everything, obviously. So um, for this time, <laughs> now that uh, we, we've done this a few times, I, th- I think we've we've got an idea here. Um, I, I've got some stats from wrestling data. Well, not stats, but I got some information from wrestling data. I'm going to only pick one match um, to kind of point out for each wrestler instead of kind of rambling on about matches like I've done in the past. Um, maybe this will go a little bit smoother, a little bit maybe quicker, uh, a little more fun, maybe? Who knows? Uh, I hope you enjoy. Um, but without further ado, let's let's hit up 1985. Um, yeah, so 1985 was an interesting year. Uh, you know, we still had the territories, uh, but we we definitely had, you know, WF going national. Crockett um, was mostly national. Um, Mid South was kind of a big player. Memphis, AWA. Um, well, Memphis wasn't a big player, but they were well uh, regarded, definitely. Um, yeah, and. A lot of stuff was going on. Joshi um, under the the Crush Gals uh, and company were were definitely quite huge. AWA and New Japan were feuding. You know, you had UWA and CMML, well EMML at the time, down in Mexico. So there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, a lot to consider and to watch. Um, and, you know, like I, I said earlier, I was only four years old, so I can't 
I definitely didn't have a, uh, a Google Sheets going in 1985 to keep track of everything like I did for my 2021 list last year. <laughs> we did last month. Um, but, yeah. What we've done here is we've put together a list. So let's start with number 25. Uh, and this is a person... Um, so when I say what promotions they worked for, this is from Wrestling Data. Um, so if I missed any companies, um, you could blame them, or you can blame me for picking them. Whatever you choose, you could direct hate in any way you like, or you know, just uh, let it roll off your back because it's not a big deal. Uh, so 1985, uh, this wrestler here—they uh, only worked all Japan women, from what I understand—and um, it's someone that. I wasn't sure I was going to um, have on my list because they're 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 kind of the smallest name uh, of all the the all Japan women that did make my list. Uh, you see why they're number twenty five. Uh, smallest name, but you know Jumbo Horo, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce names, so I apologize. Um, I, I watched a handful of matches, and I gotta say she she you know delivers she she's uh definitely someone who is very capable um you know she she throws some good offense some good bruising offense um, you know it's jumbo so she definitely has that going for her uh she was especially good in the grand prix um from what i watched um and the the match i would recommend was from march uh she had a singles match with devil masami which was Damn good, I think, really shows off her skills. Um, and I th I think you should, like, she's someone who, she didn't make any of my other years that I've done so far, um, but she's definitely a hell of a talent. It's just, All Japan Women is such, was such a force at this point. Um, you know, being as good as Jumbo Horo, uh, you know, you're going to be like eighth or ninth down the card because they were just that talented. So um, she doesn't she doesn't get to stand out as much. But if you really focus on her, she's definitely damn good. Uh, that puts her into number 25. Number 24 is um, legit one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, Definitely haven't got to talk about them on this podcast yet. Um, they worked uh, WWF, and WWF did some joint shows in Montreal, so most of the WWF talent uh, also worked uh, the Montreal promotion, uh, international wrestling. Um, but this is Don Morocco, who in 85, you know, he, he's getting up there. He's starting to slow down a little bit. He's starting to get bigger, too, because of, you know, WWF on Saturday night main event on, on MTV, on NBC, and WrestleMania, they were starting to get bigger, and that was definitely the focus of the company, so he started to definitely slow down. But, I gotta say, for uh, for Morocco in 85, probably his last great year, um, he definitely ho carried Hogan, I thought, to some of Hogan's best matches. Um, and then he had this really kick-ass feud with Ricky Steamboat, which... Um, legit one of my favorite feuds of all time um <laughs> they they it, they're feuded over 
At first they feud. It, it's funny because at first they feud over who is the uh, the best from Hawaii, uh, and then it translates into who's the best at karate um, because uh, Morocco has Mr. Fuji as his manager. So Mr. Fuji's obviously teaching uh, Morocco the judo. Uh, and they have judo matches, which are great. Um, fortunately, I didn't grab any dates from those. But uh, just as an off match with Steamboat, uh, November 9th, 85 is a good example. But really, any of those matches, uh, the Hogan feud, like I said, um, probably Hogan's best feud of the year, too, which is uh, good because Hogan was the man for that company. Um, plus, you know, Morocco also had the uh, the fun skits. Uh, the amazing promos, which I know I don't count towards this, but uh, it does make him a highlight to watch. And I don't know Morocco gets a bad rep, but um, I love the guy. So let's go on to number 23. Oh, uh, coincidentally, another one of my loves. Um, this person worked Stampede and the WWF. Um, this is Brett, uh, the Hitman Hart. Uh, in context, in 1990, he I ranked him 18th. In 1997, I ranked him first. And number 23 here, um, you know, a good start uh, for Brett, definitely. Um, and you know, he uh, he got going with the Heart Foundation later in the year, um, and for for most of the year, there the Heart Foundation, um, and. Him and uh, him being kind of the captain of, of the team with Nightheart, um, having the matches with the Bulldogs and what other other team they were facing, um, and really they were kind of stealing the show for the company. Um, and Brett was the person who was essentially putting those um, matches together and carrying them all. Uh, the match I would like to highlight. Um, one I, I really love is from the Capitol Center from September 14th uh, against uh, Dynamite Kid. Um, really good showcase of what both of them could do if they were unleashed. Um, but yeah, Brett, Brett did a really great job um, carrying kind of the, the mid card for the WWF um, in 85. Number 22. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you people all know my thoughts on Crockett, but uh, Crockett promotions I'm not super high on. Um, I have no nostalgia for them. Growing up in Canada, we didn't really get them from where I could tell. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, the style just was never something that super clicked with me. Um, but, obviously, there, there is some fucking talent there. Um, and not sure. Is this my highest person from Crockett? It may be. I guess we'll find out. I, I didn't note that. Um, but, uh, this is Ricky Morton, who, another person who was in tag teams most of the year, um, competed in AWA, Central States, Memphis, Mid-South, World Class, and, uh, Crockett promotion, so kind of worked all over the place um but yeah you all know ricky morton he 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 sells great he, he's in tag teams as the face in peril um doing amazing stuff um i think the starcade 
uh, tag against the Russians in a cage is really great. Uh, if you haven't watched that in a long time, check it out. Uh, Morton does a great selling job throughout that. Um, but yeah, Ricky Morton's one of those guys who's who's always going to put on a good performance, even even to this fucking day. Um, uh, he hasn't made my list before. Well, he might he might seep in again, but uh, definitely uh, a super talent, definitely worthy of top twenty five for nineteen eighty five. Uh, next up, um, someone I I really liked from my childhood. Obviously not when I was four because I wasn't watching wrestling yet. Uh, but this is uh, uh, number twenty one is uh, Jim Duggan, who went who worked Central States and Mid South. Um, Mostly feuded with DB Aussie, which I will not hold against him. <laughs> uh, but they did have an all-time great match. Uh, the uh, the March twenty second loser leaves town, coal miners glove on a pole, steel cage tuxedo street fight, um, which I know is a very famous match. So you probably don't need to to hear about it, but uh, definitely an all-time great performance by Duggan and. Um, I, I do really like the um the bruising um baby faces who um fight from underneath and aren't like um aren't super dominant, but like you know, they keep trying, they keep coming back. And uh d- there was a lot of good Duggan stuff uh throughout this year, um throughout Mid South um uh, taking on a variety of heels throughout the company. So um, Duggan for 21, uh, uh, it's a pretty good place for him. Very happy with that. Number 20. Um, one of one half of one of the greatest tag teams of all time, Norio Tatano of the Jumpy Bomb Angels, who you know, just worked all Japan women. Um, I swear you can put on any Jumping Bomb Angels match and you're going to be happy. I think they probably the most underrated tag team of all time. They're so fucking great. Uh, and yes, her partner hasn't been said yet and will come later. I'll tease that now. Um, but, she, you know, being the second half, this isn't a Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson situation. Uh, these are two great wrestlers, and Tatano definitely was great. Um, I, I have a match from August 22nd uh, where you know Bomb Angels take on Bull and Dump uh, in a great match. Um, that is definitely a highlight to check out, but um, you're not gonna you're not gonna go wrong with pretty much any Jumping Bomb Angels matches. Lots against the the Crush Gals and um, various versions of. Uh, Dump and company, bull and company, uh, that are all awesome to watch. But uh, Tatano, I, I like that she's a, a little bit more of the the power of the team, like they like they would say in the WWF, like Tully and Arn, where Arn is the power, uh, where where you know he's not he's not a power wrestler, but um, uh, Yamazaki's a little more uh, exciting. But Tatano is definitely a great base there for that team. Um, Love her, number 20. Number 19. This person worked all Japan, AWA, 
Florida, Pro Wrestling USA, Memphis, and Crockett. Uh, and that's Nick Bockwinkle. Um, definitely getting up there in age, Nick Bockwinkle, but still, uh, I think until Bockwinkle retires, he's fucking great. Um, and he he's one, to me, I think smarts in a wrestler is something I super value and is one of the more important things to me. And uh, Bockwinkle is definitely one of the smartest wrestlers in the ring. And um, all the stuff I saw from him this year, you know, he, he hadn't given that up. Um, definitely another great year for him. Um, I would say uh, one match I, I really liked was from March 28th uh, against Rick Martel um, with him challenging for the title. I, I thought it was a really good performance. Uh, but yeah, Bachwinkle, you're not really going to go wrong for pretty much any year we have on tape of his. So. Um, Nick Bockwinkle, number 19. Number 18, and uh, this is the Macho Man, who in 1990 I had 10th overall. Um, he, he worked Memphis and Puerto Rico kind of throughout the year. Uh, and then the end of the year went to the WWF and you know did those Montreal shows as well. Um, and uh, another year, I like he's so good. It, it's so frustrating because Macho Man's so good in every performance you see of him. He's so good in. Um, but I had trouble finding like a match that was database worthy. <laughs> I, I did find uh, Mr. Wrestling number two. He had a, a house show match uh, July fifth uh, for the WWF. Uh, that was pretty awesome. I'll recommend that. Um, but he he. You know, he's, he was either facing wrestlers I don't like or don't want to talk about, or um, he was being built up. So he had a lot of uh, jobber matches or like matches where it was just made to make him look great, which he looked great. He's just, uh, he didn't get to uh, have that great match. Uh, too many of them. There, there's probably some I missed because, you know, I, I only watched like, you know, six to seven matches or something like that. But Savage comes into WF, immediate star, immediately rocket strapped to him, and uh, uh, he gets on the list for the second time. Number 17. That's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who works Georgia, Crockett, and then moved to WF and worked those Montreal shows. Um, he had that feud with Morocco, which we talked about. Um, and, you know, he was at the first WrestleMania. And, Forget his opponent, or like Matt Bourne or something, um, <laughs> which you know the first WrestleMania was not designed to produce great matches, but um, uh, he was definitely uh, a standout on that show. Um, the match I really want to highlight here was for April twenty first, and maybe the best tag match in WWF history, where he teams with Tito against um, Greg Valentine and Bruce Beefcake, the Future Dream Team. Um, that's an all-time match if you've never seen it, so check that out. Uh, obviously, we talked about the Morocco feud um, earlier, which I thought was fucking awesome. And really, like, it helped establish Steamboat as, um, as a character uh, and really start to give him really good sympathy going forward. 
to his like really big year in 86 and early 87 um in the wwf so uh simo gets you in here number 17 <laughs> i trashed crockett earlier like fuck we've had just a bunch of run of crockett people all right number 16 uh yukaro omori from all japan women um she doesn't get talked about enough i'm gonna say because she's awesome she's 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 got this cool chop she's got this cool like badass look um she's so like i think she's really good um and i think we really need to um start putting some love to her name because she's awesome and um she's she's got this like devastating offense and she's just amazing seller um i could watch so much amori um and uh yeah one match to point out was uh with jumbo horror earlier i mentioned from the grand prix april 2nd um i thought that that match blew me away for and i, I didn't have high expectations going into that because uh amori and hori are two people you don't hear too much about but yeah uh amori from what i saw a a great year um you know there's another year where she has one of the greatest matches ever but uh uh, we'll see where she ranks on that year but uh in this year she was damn good she gets into the 16th number 15 uh is butch reed who i had 20th in 1990 so he gets on the list twice he's uh, uh you know getting there on the maybe i don't know how many times you're gonna have to appear in the top 25 to be like guaranteed to get on the list uh but but twice is good we'll, we'll see if there's more years to come for him um but yeah he definitely worked he worked awa florida uh, montreal pro wrestling usa mid-south and uh, world class which is kind of all over the place probably houston i don't know um, that's not listed there, but I'm just going to speculate because I think Mid-South might be counted as Houston at this point. Um, but yeah, he was he was a babyface uh, at this point because um, Junkyard, I, I guess he was the replacement as the new ace when Junkyard Dog left. And uh, I think he he lived up to it. He I, I love him as, um, like I was saying about Duggan, I, I think, Butch Reed is just a better version because he's also cooler. Like Butch Reed's got, he's fucking cool. Um, and I saw him in a bunch of matches. They were all good. Uh, great at selling. And then, you know, that amazing offense. And uh, I really like his charisma. Uh, a match to check out. Uh, he had a really awesome dog collar match with Buzz Sawyer on December 31st. Um, but yeah, Butch Reed. Um, I'm becoming a giant fan of his, to be honest. Um, and uh, that gets him number 15 here. All right, number 14, uh, Bull Nakano, who was number one in 1990. Um, you know, 14, she, she's, she's much younger here. Uh, she, she's just, uh, she's kind of dumps second in command. Um, and there's a lot of great matches where she's teaming with Dump. But 
She also showcases that she's really good on her own uh, on a number of occasions as well. Um, so tremendous for her. I, I think she's probably still a teenager at this point. I'm not going to double check it, but I think so, which is kind of wild. Um, and obviously we know what she becomes based on my 1990 rating, but uh, I originally didn't want to have her this high um, because I, I felt like I was just being biased, but the more I watched and the more I compared her to everyone else, I was like, fuck, Bull is so damn good. Um, she had a match that made my greatest match ever list, uh, teaming with Dump against the Crush Gals from October 10th, um, 85. Uh, All-time great tag match. Um, yeah, Bull, she was a wild woman uh, back then. She has a, uh, almost my ideal haircut. Um, slightly changed um but yeah badass rookie teenager killer here um awesome stuff um let's move on to number 13 uh this is the other jumping mom angel at suka yamazaki um she just worked all japan as well um and yeah um the the more spectacular of the bomb angels but uh, and, and she got more singles opportunities too throughout the year. That also helps to uh, kind of put her above Titano. Um, I love the way she works. She has such energy, uh, and you know she can sell really well too. But she has she has tremendous offense, um, and there's a really good uh, singles match from April six against uh, Yukaro Amori, who we just talked about. A little while ago, uh, that's definitely worth checking out. But, but like I said the Bomb Angels versus Bull and Dump versus the Crush Gals uh, versus any makeshift team in um, in All Japan Women is great stuff. Um, you should definitely check out. I, I want to uh, hype up the Bomb Angels as much as I can, um, and I, I I only get like. You know, four or five years to do that. So definitely going to try <laughs> during my time here. Uh, two more um, before we're into the top ten. So let's let's hit up number twelve. Uh, someone I ranked twenty second in nineteen ninety seven is Terry Funk, who worked all Japan, Montreal, Crockett, and the WWF. Another of those Crockett WWF um, both places, um, which I guess makes sense. Um, WF is expanding and stealing everyone, so I guess it makes sense that they they have a number of people like that. Um, it's Terry Funk. What do I need to say? Like he's awesome. He's uh, a wild man um, doing crazy comedic stuff as a, a bumbling heel, or he's a violent, vicious heel, or he's the number one. Um, babyface in Japan, depending on when you look at him. Um, but no matter where you look at him, he brings this aura of it not being safe, I guess, or you don't know what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, Terry Funk, uh, number 12 here. Um, a match people, I don't know if people have seen this. But one of his early matches in the WF, uh, July 13th, he takes on Lanny Poffo 
and it's one of those um I do like Poffo as this um, babyface putting over heels because, you know, he'll pull out like Frankensteiners and Moonsaults in 85, which is fun. Um, but him working with Funk, with Funk's just wild out of controlness. Um, and definitely in the WWF, it felt it felt dangerous. And it was it's a really cool match to watch. I, I think you should all check that out if you've never seen it. And number 11, um, man, <laughs> more Crockett. Uh, this person worked Florida, Georgia, Memphis, Crockett, and the AWA. Um, this is Tully Blanchard, who, um, you know, the only match on my database for him was obviously the, 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 the Magnum I Quit cage match. Um, and I was like, oh, man, I'm so down on Crockett. I don't know if I'm going to like Tully here um and I, I watched some random tv stuff and i was like well you know he, he's really hateable obviously um but I'm, I'm not getting the high end stuff that i like i i i'm not feeling him as a great wrestler ever and then i, then I started watching more of his like um more of his uh you know bigger show matches and i think that's where he really stood out for me um i loved the dusty Rhodes feud um especially the the cage match at the july 6th great american bash um i think that's an awesome match uh, i think all his stuff with dusty's great um yeah totally i guess like begrudgingly number 11 <laughs> Because I, I don't know if I'm really in love with him, but uh, he's kind of undeniable, I, I think, is the, the way I feel about Tully. Um, so, yeah, Tully is, is awesome, though. Um, he's so awesome, I have to put him on my list, even though I don't like Crockett that much. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, definitely very hateable. Um, I hadn't ranked him in any other years yet. I, I guess I haven't done any other 80s years, so I guess that that's about to change. But we'll, I, I'm very curious how I feel about him in other years, too. Um, you know, pre, pre-Horseman, and then um, this is Horseman Singles, uh, and I know he goes into Horseman Tag um, eventually, too, instead of a more of a singles role. So, you know, totally someone who... You know, people often ask about, oh, who who's on your list that you don't like, or who who's the best wrestler that you don't really care about? Um, maybe I'll learn to love Tully. I'm not sure. Maybe Tully won't make. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm very conflicted on on Tully himself. Um, so yeah, I'm curious about Tully, but yeah, number eleven for him. He's pretty good. Uh, great year. Um, we only have uh, fucking for the top ten. It's it's all aces, so that's gonna be a fun list to discuss. Um, but before we do that, we're gonna talk to Dylan, who's gonna talk about. Um, he's actually gonna talk about two wrestlers that he really would like you to consider for greatest wrestler ever, among other things. Um, one of them. Um, is in my top 10, and the other one uh, 
definitely wasn't wrestling by that type point. So uh, I'm going to bring on Dylan now. Um, and uh, I hope you all enjoy. fame uh here to talk about uh his process with greatest wrestler ever um i've definitely never had you on a podcast before especially not maybe not Tawe. um so if, if you could just kind of introduce yourself and who are you hello everybody i am uh dylan murray i used to be known as das wunderkun before however you pronounce it in german before i uh got to the old age of 19 that i am now i am a writer i am a you know editorialist for deadlock i write for last word i'm also a podcaster i you know talk a lot every single week and every single month on storm quest and victory through guts with my lovely co-host alex richards and yeah i i talk a lot about joshi wrestling i've been watching wrestling for as long as i can remember at this point i i have very specifics but for right now i've been watching wrestling for a very long time and i like to as long as you can remember um as long as you can remember, like, what's that? Because, like, to me, I started in, like, 87. But what kind of time frame are we talking about? So I, age-wise, I was, like, three or four. So so what happened? I'm, I'm going to lay it out a little bit. Um, I had neighbors that moved in when I was three. And one of them was, was a dude who was a couple years older than me. And he was like, dude, Rey Mysterio is the coolest person <laughs> of all time. And I'm just like, who's Rey Mysterio? And he's like, you know, this this doll that I have, this like this action figure. Yeah, it's like an actual person. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> and then he he showed me SmackDown versus Raw 2006. And he's like, see, all these pe- these are real people and they actually do this stuff. And I was like, that is awesome. And so I ended up watching. Um, I actually watched TNA for a couple weeks. Like my grandparents like found it on the TV and they're like, oh, yeah, you like wrestling, right? This is wrestling. You know, watch that. Watch that. So I watched that for a few weeks and then. I eventually watched SmackDown. I started watching SmackDown in like 2008. So I was about five, but like from the time of like turning three, wrestling was like in my life. I started watching weekly by the time I was five. Yeah, that's uh, definitely earlier than me. I was, uh, I was like eight or so. I don't know. Um, maybe to watching too much hockey uh, before then, <laughs> before I, I found that stuff. Uh, so. Greatest wrestler ever. When someone says that phrase to you, um, how 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 would you think about that, or how would you like even go about quantifying that for you? So, I feel like wrestling is very uh, subjective in a way. I know that's a bit of a cop out, but I'll, I'll get to it. I feel like it's subject sub, uh, subjective in a way that who's the greatest wrestler to me is not going to be the greatest wrestler to you because the greatest wrestler of all time is probably like you know. El Santo or something like realistically that that's that's a that's a realistic answer something of that sort to me it's somebody that did everything a wrestler is supposed to do did it better than anybody else and every time you think of them you think perfection that was that was what 
they needed to do and they did it perfectly. And, you know, they helped other people. They moved forward professional wrestling as a, in general and all of those things. Um, so that's how I think about it. And I have two kind of specifics um, that I will get into. Um, one of them is a bit more personal to me and one of them is more of the logistical type of thing. Um, they both revolve around Joshi wrestling because that's sort of where I um, have my expertise in, but the, yeah, that's how I see it. Uh, um, yeah. I've never heard it phrased that way, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, obviously when I apply that to my number one, that, uh, that makes complete sense. Akira Hokuto, I think has done everything yep. perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and yeah, blown away every time I see her and definitely has done a lot for the sport. Um, so certainly yeah. that, I'm that's a big cool. Kira Hokuto fan as well. Oh, she's so good. So. Um, I did not, I, I started watching, um, Joshi chronologically, uh, roughly, or sorry, like during the pandemic, uh, me and a couple of friends, we started doing it well, weekly. Actually. Yeah, during, we started we started with the 80s and we kind of roughed through it to get to the 90s and like 90s we've been doing super thoroughly. Um and uh before I started that, Akira Hokuto was not my number one wrestler, but by the time we got to sometime in 1992, it was like, well, <laughs> you can't really fucking deny her now, so <laughs> and then it you changed. Know, it's it's really funny because I I feel similarly I'm for for victory through guts that's where we go back uh 30 years to the month every single month and talk about uh oh, joshi cool. wrestling from that era and right now we're kind of like in that process of like watching care hook till like uh because i'd say and this is a bit of a tangent but 1991 for her hook till she kind of like found a formula that yeah. worked enough that she sort of it felt like she almost got complacent for a couple months um in singles matches and I'm noticing, like, right after that Kyoko Inoue match in, in 92, like, she, yeah. she she just snapped and she changed completely. Like, and she just, like, I think that's the match up. that was, yeah. like, okay. Because what I would do is every show we would watch, I'd be, like, um, after the Bull match, I would say Bull's number one. And then after the Hokuto match, I would say Hokuto's number one. And I think it was around the time of the Kyoko Inoue match, I, was, I, I finally settled uh, on Hokuto. I so. get that. I get that. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. Um, so you said you had two uh, two formats, uh, basically. Uh, one, I guess, what you were saying, one subjective and one objective? <laughs> in, in a way, in a way. Because I feel like it's hard to be, again, objective and subjective are very hard to like play around with. But I feel like it's hard to be objective in current time. So it's like, yes, it's yeah. like, uh, Seth Rollins the other day was saying that's like I feel like Ryan Danielson's probably one of the greatest of all time, but it's hard to say because he's still wrestling, so it's like kind of weird to say that. But and I was like, yeah, that's that's a fair take. Is that oh, this person is the greatest of all time, but they are still wrestling, so you can't really like call them that yet, and it's a whole bunch of mess. Um, so I have one from like the recent era who I think has set a lot of things into motion recently, and there's one that's like just the OG almost. That's like you can look at her. And just be like, this is one of the most important wrestlers of all time. And she was also just great at wrestling. So that's how I'm I'm framing it. Not so much the, you know, I, I feel like bringing up objective and subjective made it a little bit, you know, messy. But I, it's it's more like that. Yeah, because, yeah. Um, it, it's really fascinating because, like, to me, um, so I have a, I'm one of those uh, spreadsheet uh, folks. I have and... become one now as well. Actually, yeah. Just it, it's, it's just, um, at some point. 
I realize my memory sucks and I'll never remember anything about a match. Uh, but if I put it on a spreadsheet and I can look at a number and I see what year I watched it, I can, you know, it, it helps. Um, so, <laughs> so that's what I do. Um, and uh, so something like, uh, for me, the big thing for that was uh, Bailey Sasha from Brooklyn, who, um, like, every year or two, that match kind of, like, gains some points and goes higher and higher. <laughs> like, I did a list of the best matches ever, and it was 50 in 2015, and then it was, like, five last year, you know? Oh, it kind of just slowly builds up over time, because it doesn't feel right, like, to... Like, I don't know how you can give a match... Um, I go by 10. Give I a match do, a I 10. Well. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> how can you give a match a 10, like in the same calendar year that it happened. It doesn't feel right. Like, I, I feel yeah. like it needs to it takes some time for it to, like, is it going to stand up or is it going to drop? Um, it's, it's very difficult because uh, I am actually, for a project I'm doing, um, I'm going back and I'm eventually, at some point this year, I'm going to go back and watch all the Okada Omega matches because I love them at the time. But Alex keeps telling me, he's like, they don't hold up. <laughs> they don't hold up, Dylan. You're going to be very disappointed. Your childhood is going to be ruined. Like, not childhood, <laughs> but teenage years are going to be ruined. That this was your favorite thing ever, and it just wasn't that good. And so I'm, like, dreading it, but I'm also like, no, I, I got to see it for for what it is more than, you know, watching it at 3 a.m., like, getting so excited and just, you know, yeah. jumping out of my seat. I really have to, you know, look at it critically. So I'm going to do that at some point. I get what you mean uh, by that. Yeah, I'm so glad um, Brett was my childhood wrestler because he is a yeah, he holds up super yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't fair. Yeah, uh, but yeah, oh well, you know, obviously I liked like fucking Duggan and <laughs> and shit like that too. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever, some things hold up much better was, than others. <laughs> I was a Sean guy growing up, so some things oh, don't yeah. hold up as well. As <laughs> oh know? man, that used to be such a war, and I'm so glad everyone it's... has turned to the right side. <laughs> no, the thing is, is that it's like, I, I still think Sean is great. I still love Sean. I think Brett is the better wrestler, but I still love Sean. But it's funny that I like go back to matches I loved when I was younger, and they are bad. But the Sean matches that I didn't watch when I was younger are great. Like I, I love him versus Kurt. <laughs> Him versus Kurt was gr even even him versus Cena from like 06, I think. I love oh, oh yeah, matches. yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. My favorite story about that match, uh, before we uh, get into your list, I guess one more side <laughs> was so uh I guess you were very new in, into this stuff, but in 07, uh people still didn't think John Cena was good. Yes. And <laughs> so but you know, there was there was a small contingency who thought John Cena was awesome. And uh, I remember the night after WrestleMania, the match with Sean. I uh, I went. I I think it was PWO still, or at, at that point, it was, might have been DVDR. I forget the time frames. Uh, but I went on as like, "Hey, how can you people deny that Sean, John Cena is not great? Look at the match he just had with Shawn Michaels." <laughs> yeah. No. I. I. I, I... If we want to talk about John Cena, we could talk about John Cena. I was a big John Cena guy growing up. But yeah, I. I... I look back at like matches that like I loved and I'm just like, damn, that was kind of not great. But then I look back at other matches of like Sean's and like of Cena's and just of those, those wrestlers. It's like, 
oh, they had some amazing matches. It just wasn't the ones that I remember. It wasn't, you know, Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon in the Hell in a Cell. That wasn't that great. But his, <laughs> his good matches were really good. So the one when they put, like, Vince's face in Big Show's ass or something stupid? You know, I, yeah, yeah. I actually loved that match going up. That was one of my favorite matches of all time. I've watched it at least 20 times because I would just put it on repeat when I was younger. Um, not because of that part specifically. You, you pointed out the one spot that always grossed me out and probably makes me sound weird for saying I loved that match growing up. But, it, yeah, it, it was a good match. I, I, it, was, it was a good match for, like, a, you know, mid-2000s train wreck WWE match. Like, I'll give it that, but... That was my favorite match for like four years when I was, I don't know, 10. <laughs> That's more than fair for sure. Um, so uh, let's, let's go uh, chronologically. Um, who, who, who's your OG here? Uh, I have a few ideas of who it could possibly be. You There'd can be guess because I think okay. I you might guess it. Well, I would, I would think of... Fuck, there's five people. That's how great Joshi was. <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you have your bull, your Hokuto, but you also have Shigusa, Devil, um, or or uh, Jaguar. That would be it, the five. It would. It is one of them. It is. Um, yeah. It is Big Chig. It is Chigusa Nagayo. There that you go. Is, yes. That is my yeah. OG. I I feel like Chigusa is again. I I don't want to disrespect anybody's taste here, but Chigusa is what Hulk Hogan pretended to be a lot. That's in, good. In, and I don't think people give her enough credit. Obviously, Japan is like a smaller, you know, just population wise, I guess. But like still the way that she had a a just a overall like. What's the word? A claw on all of Japan pop culture at that time it's is wild, absurd. It's insane. Like and she was a great wrestler, too. Like you can't watch mm-hmm. one of those matches and just feel the energy from the crowd and not go. I think I'm watching something very special right now. Um, yes. And that's that's just her wrestling from the 80s. That's not even talking about her overall contribution to wrestling. Um, that yeah, is already wild, enough to be, you know, in the conversation. But, you know, looking past that, looking at her return match against Devil at Dream Slam. Great match. And it was the like the match that saved that show after a admittedly terrible martial arts match you know like it, <laughs> yeah it livened the crowd up to the point where the rest of the show like fuck just moved off of that energy and obviously the rest of the card was great as well but it just moved off the energy that Chigusa brought it brought to it just from wrestling again a, a match just wrestling a match like it wasn't even like a five-star classic it was a good match yeah. don't get me wrong but it was just Chigusa wrestling a Chigusa match and it was enough to like make that that card one of the most famous and beloved cards in Joshi history. Um, again, Have you ever seen that show with subtitles for the promos? I, I saw some of it, but I did not get to see the Chigusa one. I don't think. Oh, okay, any. it's great. No, uh, my friend uh, Kadavari. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. He got he got it all uh, subtitled. We did so we watch the Joshi chronologically on the Discord. Uh, every Sunday, and he had Dream Slam all done. And <laughs> Shigusa's promo is basically, oh man, I'm so out of shape. <laughs> like, I tried to run around the building before yesterday, and I almost had a heart attack. Oh my god, this is so hard. Um, I'm going to stick to singing. <laughs> <laughs> Shigusa's the best. But, you know, I, I have seen some of it subtitled, and actually it's where one of my favorite phrases of all time came from, is Akira Hokuto calls uh shinobu kandori the judo bastard 
And yeah. so I I almost strictly refer to to Kandori as the judo bastard. Um because mm-hmm. I love judo. Like personally, I just love watching just like pro judo. It's, you know, I'm I'm a big that's like my favorite martial art in terms of like, you know, the wider martial arts base and like I I I say that with like a a, you know, a <laughs> sense of love that's like, yeah, you are the judo bastard. You are the you are that's you. And I like I'd love it. I I remember seeing I don't know, a couple of years ago, it was on YouTube. Uh, just like some of the subtitled promos from AJW was just a random split, splice together. And that was one of my favorite lines from it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Um, and yeah, friggin' Shikusa in the 80s. Besides the crowd just being insane and her, like, fuck her, her, her songs being hits. Like, like you know, the, Hulk Hogan's music wasn't hits. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, she would have like one day an amazing all-time great technical match and then the next day have one of the greatest brawls of all time it's fucking wild um at that time just watching her like week to week it's just mind-blowing that someone well i I say she's the greatest baby face of all time and yeah and it's a wild to have that much versatility um, from someone like normally someone that that's great of a brawler is not that great of a technical wrestler as well. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think that I'm I'm one of those people. I'm a I'm a believer of the Minoru Suzuki belief that uh, to stick in your lane and be the best in your lane rather than be an all rounder in that sense Um, where it's like usually this is a usual where it's like, OK, if you're great at this thing, be great at this thing. But don't, you know, don't try to be something you're not. Um, Chigusa could try to be something she isn't and she could become that thing. That's the yeah. thing, is that she was just she was just absurdly good. Um and again, that that's that's Chigusa in the eighties. We don't even talk about her uh and something that will come up in, in my other wrestler that also comes up with Chigusa that I feel is very important is being a trainer and the, the people you train and how they continue professional wrestling and pushing pushing wrestling forward um as a as a trainer. And as a mentor to other wrestlers is very important to me as well in, in the conversation of who's the best of all time. And, you know, you don't have to even, <laughs> you could list off a uh, hundred names of people Chagusa has, has trained, as long as you don't go to Gaia girls and, and, you know, dictate all of your, <laughs> all your knowledge off of that. She's one of the greatest trainers of all time, you know? Like, oh yeah, for sure. And, everybody. Yeah. And I think um, something about like, obviously, um, you know, you can't look at someone they train to be like, well, uh, you can't ultimately judge how good someone is, but you can definitely see uh, if a trainer has the smarts of the business, like how yeah. knows how to knows how to work mentally. Like, I don't think Ric Flair would be a good wrestling trainer. No. Yeah. I, I get what you mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Shigusa definitely is. Yeah. Fucking elite. She's still doing it today. Training yeah. amazing talents. Like, I mean, Meho Suzuki is one of the best rookies of the past five years. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. you know, I miss her dearly because, you know, they kicked her out or whatever. But, like, just looking at, at the people she trains now, like, it's – and also just she's ran, like, four successful wrestling companies <laughs> at this point. Uh, or, like, been, like, a, you know, a very important member of multiple wrestling. Like, it's – she is the Millennium Woman. Um and I, I say that in a reference to one of my favorite anime movies about a, a actress who uh, was an actress for many, many years and was just the greatest actress of all time. And just like 
she did it from the start where she was a big deal then and she was a big deal then and then she was a big deal then and then she was a big deal then <laughs> and then she retired and she was a big deal to to people like it never stopped to the day she yeah. died and that was you know that's chagusa that's chagusa to a t totally yeah uh chagusa is one of those um handful of people battling for number three on my list at the current point but i haven't seen chagusa's comeback so that might yeah um, that might push her above Bold. It'll either push push her above or push her below. Um, it depends yeah. on how how you you vibe with it. Because um, I like it, but sometimes it gets too much. Um, like where, well, I did where, see her have a good match with uh, Takuma oh, like two years ago. Yeah, so no, she's she still got she still got it. Trust me, she still got it as a wrestler, no doubt. But just uh, how you feel about you know a bit of like no selling and just uh, just yeah, yeah. certain things that some people might not like as much. But it's Chagusa, so I give her the pass any day. Uh, Oh yeah, she gets the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, Shigusa, great number one candidate. Um, but you have someone who is more uh, modern to talk about. Yeah. Um, if anybody knows me, they probably know who I'm about to talk about. Uh, it is the uh, former. Unfortunately, she has retired. She is the former prime minister of all things that are great in Joshi wrestling. Uh, prime minister of stardom. She was and is, I guess, Kagetsu. Um, I, I like that you mentioned the, that Chikus is probably the best baby face of all time. Cause I feel like Kagetsu to me in my, in my humble opinion is the greatest heel of all time. And if you disagree, then you're stupid. Get it? Cause mm-hmm. I said I was humble and then I wasn't humble. That, that's, that's a joke. It's a, it's it's a, a good game. joke. Yeah. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. Um, but no, I think that she, she has ruined this is this is the one negative about Kagetsu. She has ruined heels for me because nobody is going to make it feel the way Kagetsu did. Where you you know she's the bad guy, she's cheating, she's doing this, she's doing that, but it always came from a, a place that felt like it was for the betterment of her opponent somehow. Like when she when she would hang somebody from the balcony, it was like, yeah, she's doing this, she's doing like this is this is good because she's you know she's she's doing it for the for their best <laughs> for their best interests, <laughs> and it's like I don't know like if it was brainwashing, but that was so important to me, and that was such a huge thing to me. If you guys don't know Kagetsu, she's uh, Yukari Ishino. She started wrestling in Sendai Girls 2008. Um, I am going to go through her entire career very briefly, but that's no, just go what for I do. It. Um, started wrestling in Sendai Girls 2008. Got her name changed to Kagetsu in 2010. Um, Kagetsu is is. It means some. It doesn't. Well, not that it doesn't mean something, but the the kanji in it means moon. So if you see any of her iconography, it's often related to a moon. Um, she leaves Sendai Girls due to uh, some conflicts with Miko Satomura, um, which I will get into in a little bit. And then she leaves, becomes freelance for a while, joins Stardom in 2017, around you know 2018 maybe technically. Um, she she signs in 2017, so. And then she becomes world champion. She starts training all of the wrestlers in stardom. And then she eventually retires in, in early 2021. Um, I started watching stardom in 2018 in the middle of her red belt reign. So yes, I am a bit biased. But to me, Kagetsu encapsulates what you need to be a good wrestler. And then she does it all near perfect. Um, and, and what I mean by that is... You, you can watch a Kagetsu match and you can choose from, uh, you know, any Kagetsu match and decide, oh, I want to watch a fun match. I want to watch a funny or, you know, comedy match. And 
Kagetsu is the funniest wrestler of all time. You want to watch a true technical classic, you can you can watch her versus Konami, and you you'll go, damn, these two are the greatest technical wrestlers of all time. Because shout out to Konami for one second, yeah. but. And then you can you can watch her match against Jungle, and you can have you can see that she's getting beat up by this power wrestler, and you can go, damn, Kagetsu's the best seller of all time. And then you could watch her tag team with Hanakamura, God rest her soul. You can watch her tag team with Hazuki. You can watch her tag team with Mayu, even though it was for one day. And you go, yeah, that's cool. I just watched that recently. Yeah, great match, incredible yeah. match. Anybody, I, that's one match that I will always recommend. Watch that match. Uh, it's Kagetsu and Mayu versus Momo and Jungle. Amazing match. But yeah. you watch those and you go, Kagetsu's the best tag wrestler of all time. And and that's that's against good opponents. You are, I haven't even mentioned her match against Goya, Goya Kong in 2019. <laughs> that should not have been as good as it was because Goya Kong worked terribly with every other member of the roster. But for whatever reason, Kagetsu made her look so good and then eventually beat her and it meant something. And then Goya Kong left and was never in stardom again. But she had that good showing against Kagetsu that, you know, she wasn't going to get out of even the other top wrestlers in, in stardom. I, I think that is something very important as well. I I have, have talked a lot without even allowing you to speak. So I'm going to allow you for a second. But that's that's my intro to why I believe Kagetsu is the greatest of all time. Well, like... That's a good case. Like, <laughs> you know, I haven't even mentioned her, her training. I haven't even mentioned her training. That's the funny thing. Cause that's also, I haven't mentioned her arc as a, as a character. I did she trained, her, like, uh, did she train lady C because that was, she did not, she oh, did damn. not train lady C. She was just close to train lady C, but then, uh, it was, it was a couple months off. That would be trained, some bonus points. That would be she trained points. Utami, Saya. Um, oh, okay. Never mind. That's some good bonus points. Yeah. U- Utami, Saya, Ida are the two main ones. And then Sayakamitani was technically half trained by Tam and Onita, but was ultimately trained by Kagetsu. Um, but they sort of, you know, just say that she was trained by Tam because wait, 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 Tam and Onita were training people together. That sounds start, like the most bizarre yes. thing in history. They're actually really close friends, uh, and they started a a you know sister company of Stardom called Stardom Idols, where they trained like twelve wrestlers, and two of them survived. Um, and it was Itsuki Hoshino and Saya Kamatani, and oh, then once, yeah, yeah, and then and then Hoshino and uh, Kamatani trained under Kagetsu for before they, you know, officially made their debut in you know Stardom proper, and then unfortunately Hoshino uh, had to retire. She was a great babyface as well, um, so shout out to her. She yeah, had a lot of potential, but yeah, and then Star Idols closed within like six months. It was yeah, it was a strange time, but. Saida or not Saida, Sai Kamatani trained by Kagetsu, <laughs> Tam Nakano, <laughs> and Atsushi Onita. What a there's no wonder she's white belt champion right now. It makes sense. It, it completely does. I thank you for that. That's I'm oh man. I want a buddy Onita Tam cop movie or something because oh, yeah. that sounds like the best thing in history. Yeah, it, it, dude. It, <laughs> there's there's so many. There's so it's it's so good. <laughs> um so um so yeah so obviously uh hitting a lot of the metrics um clearly for you um if someone was to uh, maybe haven't watched kujetsu because she was you know um she was popular in stardom before stardom kind of got 
way more popular in the states mm-hmm. uh in canada and such uh, and so what would like if you had some things for people to check out with her like we'll, uh, we all have star in world now i hope so yes. uh so give some recs here um the one i will i will recommend is well pretty much any match against konami but mainly her 2018 five-star match against konami uh i think that is one of like my favorite matches of all time i think it's absolutely quality um another case of you know kagetsu's selling selling the match entirely you know uh spoiler alert i apologize but kagetsu loses that match she's in the middle of her red belt reign first day of the tournament loses a match to konami who at this point was not the konami that ended up leaving you know a couple months ago she was not that level um she wasn't considered that level at least i think she was probably a little bit better at that point but i digress um, yeah it's amazing because i just i watched yeah. uh recently because i've been going through all the command bolshoi and i watched a very young uh konami versus bolshoi and it was fucking amazing was this uh <laughs> was this sailor era konami yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. It was different. She was different. She was different. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I didn't but, realize. Yeah. Yeah, great. Konami's great. But I think that the the ending is Konami beating Kagetsu with the Triangle Lancer, which was sort of the day that the Triangle Lancer is 100% sort of became like, oh, that that's true. You know, like that was like a, that was a very fundamental moment in building Konami as a stardom wrestler and Kagetsu sold the hell out of that triangle answer to the point where I thought she was going to die if she didn't tap, you know, she, she sold it like absolutely a million bucks. And like we said, that tag match, that last tag match between her, her and Mayu, uh, Pentapoki connection, if you will, uh, <laughs> named after their dogs, um, them against JK green, great match, uh, Kagetsu versus Hazuki. Uh, title match from early 2019 uh where she used a a choke in fact her match against suzuki and her match against hankamura were both very important because she used uh very specific choke holds and made them pass out and they were like it, it felt really cerebral that her two tag team partners um she refused to just beat and she made them literally like pass out to the point like that is just the most baller thing of all time um, is having your, your tag team partner come up to you and be like, I want to beat you up now. And then you just choke them out. Just it's, it's different, man. It's different. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can speak at nauseum. There's one, anything that her and Natsu Samiri did together um, in tag matches is peak comedy. In my opinion, her match against Natsu, Natsuko Tora in the 2018 GP as well. Um, this was a match that she said, Natsuko Tora was, was earlier into her career. She said, I am going to beat Natsuko Tora in less time than it takes to make cup noodle. And she was serious because Suzuki brought a cup noodle to ringside and poured water in it and said, okay, ring the bell. And she tried to beat her in three minutes. Um, and she beat her in 10 minutes. So the cup noodles were a little soggy, but she ended yeah. up eating it and closing the show being like, I still got my cup noodle. What up? Like, you know, like, <laughs> like that's comedy, like that's comedy gold. Like, that's right good. There. Yeah. And it also put over Natsuko because it's like, oh, Natsuko, Natsuko can last longer than three minutes against Kagetsu. You know, you weren't really sure. She got like two points that year, but she lasted more than three minutes against Kagetsu. And that matters because Kagetsu made it matter. Um, and I think she was, she was an absolute god at doing that. That's yeah. Um, I hadn't heard that story. That's uh, that's very uh, Don Morocco eating a sandwich while uh, beating up a jobber. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Which oh, makes man. me happy. 
Uh, I love those stories. Those are great. Oh yeah, there's some wild stuff that happened before like there was writers. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, man. So uh, could just uh, I am yeah. not gonna. Yeah, I'm so bad. Get to, yeah, get to. I, it's always so my. Uh, so I know my 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 partner's from the Philippines, and she's like, "Man, when you're saying Asian words, you just gotta pronounce the middle syllable more." And I I can't. I'm, I'm, it's just there's a something in me that like I'm trained not to, and it, it's so hard. I get that. Yeah, I I. I my best friend growing up who I currently live with actually, uh, she is also Filipino and I I've learned that as well. I, I, I've been watching like anime and I've been coming to her house since I was, you know, like five. So I, I've luckily learned, like grew, grew up with it a bit more, but I I definitely get what you mean about the the pronunciation gets a bit tricky sometimes. Oh, totally. Um, so yeah, uh, your, your final, uh, hard pitch for Gajetsu. Uh, my final hard pitch is that her as a wrestler meant a lot uh, to stardom and to because stardom has become such a big deal to Joshi wrestling and to wrestling in the wrestling world. Uh, similarly to Chigusa, maybe not to the you know large scale that Chigusa did it. Uh, Kagetsu elevated everybody around her. She, uh, you know, when when Io went to America and when Fuka, the former trainer of stardom, uh, had a had a child and retired from her duties as trainer, uh, Kigetsu picked up that role and she elevated every single person in the company. And that was a that was a big part of her career is that um, I mentioned that she had some some issues with Mako Satamora. She she went to Sendai. She lived she was from Osaka. She traveled all the way to Sendai. If you know any uh, Japanese geography, that's a long trip away from home at a young age uh, to you know, move permanently. And she goes to Sendai because she believed that Mako Satomura was the greatest in the world and that Miko Satomura will see that she, that Kagetsu can become the greatest in the world and take her spot. And Mako, as we all know, who is still wrestling to this day, didn't quite allow that. So Kagetsu left. And she had always had this mentality of, I want to become the best in the world. I want wrestling. I want Joshi wrestling to move into a new boom period. I want every, I want this to all go back to uh, the great times. And I want to be the person to catalyze that. Cause we can't do it off the names of legends, you know, like Aja Kong, like Minami Toyota, like yeah, yeah. Mako Sayamura. She, she had a firm belief in that. And her becoming tr- the trainer in stardom carries her legacy for her. Um, obviously, she's not the trainer anymore, but just looking at Utami, who, if you care about Meltzer yeah. ratings, first Joshi wrestler to get over five stars in God knows how long. You know, she trained her. That was her. That was her moonchild, um, as I like to call them. <laughs> uh, you know, that was that was her and Hazuki. Those those were her trainers, and she, like you said, you can't give all of the credit to the trainers, but that was. Even Utami will tell you that that was a huge part of what makes Utami Utami. And to this day, Utami is one of the best wrestlers in stardom. And Sayakamatani, one of the best wrestlers in stardom. Sayida, even though she's out with an injury, one of the yeah, best wrestlers awesome. in stardom. The entire mindset of stardom between Io Shirai era, um, Io Shirai Kairi Sane, uh, you know, maybe Kairi Sane comes back, maybe she doesn't. We'll know by the time this comes out. I'll be very disappointed if she doesn't. Um, but between As that era, yes, exactly. From that era to now, the catalyst, the thing that made 
stardom, what stardom is today, is Kagetsu. And yes, Bushiroad changed some things. They made matches longer, which I'm not particularly a fan of. They, you know, they're trained differently. They, you know, all these things. Yes, it's it's different. It wasn't, you know, this isn't Kagetsu's, you know, wonderland that she created and then left us. Like, no, it, it obviously changed. And um, in some ways for the betters, in some ways for the worst. But I think without Kagetsu, they wouldn't have... It, it those years would not have been as successful. She wouldn't, the the roster wouldn't have been so uplifted to the point where they can carry this uh, without her. And obviously, Mayu is, is involved in that as well. Obviously, Azuki's involved with that as well. But you know, I think it aids to Kagetsu's case for being the best wrestler in the world that she left a company in the hands of its roster, and then it became the the best. <laughs> like one of the most popular companies in the world. If she was around for a few more months or a year, then who knows what would have happened. Um, so I get why that would be an argument against her is just the timing wise that she retired before she kind of, you know, got that popularity peak. But I think as a wrestler, I don't think she even needed it to be the best in the world. I think she, you know, did what she came here to do and became the best wrestler in the world. And I think one more su- suggestion her last match ever against Mako Satomura. That is a match that feels like somebody fighting to prove themselves despite it being their last match. You could watch that match and go, she wants to become the best in the world, even though you know that that is no longer what it is, that she's out the door the second this ends. You know, you could still feel that she is is striving for something. And I think that is proof that she is... She has gotten to where she's striven for. She is making you believe in wrestling. And I think that's also, that's probably the most important thing, in my opinion, is making you believe in wrestling, even if you know, obviously, oh, it's fake. Oh, it's, if you feel something, if you can get emotion out of wrestling, then they did their job. And I think Kagetsu does that better than anybody else in the world. That, that's, that's a hell of a pitch. Um, and even note, uh, just as a, a a separate point, you know, she's been retired, uh, and then last year she she wrestled on Hannah Kimura's yes. uh, show, and she had a great match, even though she's like physically shot. So, um, yeah, shout out to that. That's that's an oh my god, I I almost forgot. I didn't I didn't forget, but I almost forgot about that. That she you know comes back for one night only and has two match of the year candidates after another in, in within twenty minutes or half an hour, like. She's she's just different, man. She's just different. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so, uh, do you want to get some final pitches in before we uh, head out? Uh, sure. Um, like I said, uh, Alex actually told me he said you can't, you cannot end that thing of talking about the greatest wrestler of all time without bringing up Mayu. So I will bring up Mayu. Mayu is also up there. I think yeah. if you could, if you could put, uh. I love Io Shirai. I love Kairi Sang, or Kairi Hojo, if you will. I love a lot of wrestlers from the past 15 years or so. I love Kana. But I don't think there's any, you know, if you want to find two people and see their track record and just look at them for a bit and look at their arc as wrestlers, Kagetsu and Mayu are, are on our level, and I think they both don't get enough credit for the level that they're on. So big shout out to Mayu. 
um, obviously an incredible wrestler. I think the past year or so, she's had some stinkers, in my opinion. So it's it's maybe lowered her stock for me. But again, objective subjective. I think yeah. she's objectively one of the best, you know, of this generation, certainly of the past 20 years. Plus, um, if you add in how much she has to overcome because she yes. can barely function as a human. Yes. Um, yes. You, you have to give her bonus points for that oh, of course of course she yeah i i i suggest anybody go watch the wrestlers from forget what year it was where they covered stardom and covered mayu iwatani um and her story because that that like you said definitely a very hard thing for her to go through and hard thing to to become one of the best wrestlers in the world out of um she so still misses shows all the time because she like i don't know gets tricked by a cat or whatever oh uh, yeah she's <laughs> she's uh she's an enigma she's certainly enigma, <laughs> she's special at least. and uh, um we can see uh also hojo has a chance to uh top uh mayu after you know she comes back and joins Odotai and becomes the best heel in wrestling oh man wrestling. that's gross that is gross i do not like that <laughs> that's that disgusting <laughs> That was a troll statement for you. Uh, I can't wait for her to do the evil laugh. Do the evil laugh. Do it. Do the evil laugh. Come on now. I know you want it. Do the evil laugh. Yeah. Um, Starlight Kid and uh, and Momo. Come on. Just on loop. On loop. Yeah. Just weird, weird, like, tone inflections and evil laughs. It's, oh, my oh, God. I, yeah. I, I can't believe I put that into the world, but... Uh, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> it is. I, I want to come up with a male wrestler, because I, as much as I... Yeah, I know who cares about men? <laughs> I, I think, for me, it might be... Uh, I, I mentioned him before. I think it might be Rey Mysterio. Um, that's a good one. Because, I mean, I grew up watching Rey Mysterio, and I thought he was the coolest thing ever. And to this day, I watch Rey Mysterio, and I think he's the coolest thing ever. You know, yeah. I... I you know, I love Lucha. I don't get into Lucha enough, but Rey Mysterio and I, I had this argument with people when he was announced for the for the cover of the video game. I was like, Rey Mysterio is like the guy. He's the wrestler. Like, if you if you want to like if you think of if you don't know wrestling and you think of wrestling in you in your head, you think of the mask. You think like yeah, vaguely yeah. you think of the Rey Mysterio mask. And in well, this look day, at any uh, like video or movie or video game or stuff that has like a wrestler character they always are like a masked ray mysterio looking person the the thing that that certifies it to me and this will show my young age but uh was when i was younger i was watching wizards of waverly place and somebody was wearing a ray mysterio halloween costume and i was like that's yeah that yeah, he's he's the most visible wrestler. <laughs> like, obviously, he's the most well-known. Like, you know, he's got to be at least up there for, like, well, casuals. That's like, come on, man. If he was on Nickelodeon or whatever, um, clearly he's uh, <laughs> the megastar. Exactly. Ever. You get it. All so, he yeah. needed was, uh, all he needed was some, uh, what was it, stem cells uh, to somehow go from broken down to the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, again, he's... So. Props for that. <laughs> He's an absolute maniac. I don't know how he does. I know Alex Alex references that almost every single time somebody gets injured. 
uh, they go, <laughs> just give them themselves. They go, they go get get Ray's doctor on the on the flight. Get him, get him over here. Get him over there now. <laughs> get his doctor. Send him to Japan and get Arisa back wrestling. Like that. That's that's Alex's mindset on it. But yeah, so so Ray Mysterio's up there. Uh, not gonna say Shawn Michaels because we already, you know, already had to relive that for a minute. But yeah, I, I think I think there's certainly a lot of. I think I like this project that you're doing. I think there's a lot of subjectivity to it, even though I think most people are looking for almost the same thing. Uh, they just find it in different places. So for me, I found yeah, it in, yeah. in Kagetsu. Kagetsu is is the reason why I'm still watching wrestling at this point. You know, it was Kagetsu and Hana was was what got me into stardom, and you know they're the reason why I sticked with stardom uh, when I was sort of just not as crazy about wrestling for a bit. And that's what that's what kind of brought me back into it. And now I'm now I'm here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, shout oh, to Gets and shout to Hana. And you're, yeah. you're making a good Tam Nakano case right now. Where did that? <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Tam Nakano is the greatest wrestler of all time. If she started wrestling, had that one match against Natsuko like three years ago, stopped wrestling, and that was it. Greatest wrestler of all time. That's my case. Greatest wrestler. She's, of all she's the greatest wrestler at putting together um, leaflet pamphlets explaining her stories of her matches. Yeah, she's the greatest wrestler of all time at being a terrible leader of her of her group, and then being <laughs> surprised being surprised when somebody's like, "Hey, you're you're not." It kind of sucked to be under, bro. Like I don't really like it here. And then she gets shocked. It's like, damn, that's who who would have uh, thought? We won't we won't talk about my Yunaga. Yeah, we could. Here on this show, because I don't want to send you into a spiral. So, um, do, do you want to just get your plugs for your podcast? In? Certainly, certainly. Um, yeah, I am Dylan Murray. Uh, go to at xxitchiben if you want to hear me uh, scream about random things on Twitter, as I do oh so well. Um, if you want to hear me scream in real time, well, not real time. It's not real time. But if you want to hear my real voice, real scream about the terrors of starlight kid promos then go check out stardom quest if you want to hear me uh fumble over my words because i'm not good at hosting things um and want to hear me talk about a little bit of your kia hokuto a little bit of bonacano a little bit of all that classic stuff some lpw um that we will be getting into this year luckily because we both love lpw um go over to victory through guts if you want to read my year and a half word old words about Many things, including Kagetsu. I've written multiple articles about Kagetsu over at Deadlock PW. Um, go support their wrestling company as well, DPW, because even if they haven't gotten back to me about my editor- editorials, unfortunately, because <laughs> we're in the middle of a little bit of, you know, it's it's a lot going on. They're still my boys, so go check that out. And last, we're on pro wrestling. Um, Alex is the editor, the main, the head editor of it, and um, I write for it occasionally. I just wrote an, a Sendai article recently of Sendai Girls, so go check that out as well um i love wrestling i adore wrestling and kagetsu is the reason why i love wrestling and even though i'm not a big ice ribbon guy i believe that you should uh enjoy professional wrestling enjoy your life with pro- i forget I, I i fumbled the the phrase I, I can't believe i did that you could tell i don't i don't watch ice ribbon <laughs> i just make <laughs> i just make that joke every week uh but yeah i i enjoy my life with professional wrestling because of kagetsu so be happy around. with wrestling that- be happy. Be happy with wrestling. I am happy with wrestling because it gets it. Thank you. Jesus Christ. I make that joke literally like at least once a month. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh, man. Well, on that note, I, I think we should <laughs> cut this off now. And then we'll uh, jump back into 
the top 10 uh, list of mine of big fan of stardom quest so it was real joy to have him on um and and talk about some awesome wrestlers uh one of which um we're gonna get to now as we continue through 1985 in my top 10 um it's a new day of recording i have my coffee here um so i haven't finished it yet so my energy might be a little lower but we'll, we'll see how this goes um we're moving on to number 10 as you hear me sip my lovely coffee made in my uh, AeroPress coffee uh, maker, which I rather enjoy. Uh, so number 10, Linus Asuka. Asaka? I'm never sure how to say it. Asuka is how Kana uses her name. So we're going to assume it's that. Asuka. All right. So 1985, uh, she just worked All Japan Women. Um, and, you know, she spent a lot of time teaming with Shigusa, with Nagayo, which is one of the all-time great tag teams. Um, obviously, Shigusa was in that feud uh, with Dump and Company. So, um, you know, you can find a lot of awesome stuff there. Um, but if I'm going to highlight one match uh, to check out, she actually had um, a really great a uh, technical singles match with Shigusa, her her partner on April sixth, uh, which I thought it was absolutely tremendous. Um, not her best match of the year, but you know she, she had a lot of awesome ones. But yeah, um, it, being the lesser part of an awesome tag team, it's always hard to figure out where exactly to put them. But um, top ten because she did have she did have a number of really good singles matches and. Um, a lot of those were more technically based, um, but obviously teaming with Shigusa against Dump and Bull and Crane U and all those people, um, she definitely was involved in some great brawls too. So uh, a, a well, uh, well-versed, well that's not the correct word, versatile year for her. So uh, top 10 for her. Number nine. Um, this is someone I had 22nd in 1990, and I believe they were my number two in 2016. Uh, not the year 2016, but my 2016 GWE ballot. I should put that information on here, too. Although it's embarrassing. I really don't want to um, highlight how shitty a, a voter I was in 2016 if I don't have to. But yeah, Stan Hansen, they, they worked uh, All Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, AWA Florida, um, I wrote down UWA in Mexico? I guess so. I'll have to look up what that was. Uh, and Crockett. 
Um, yeah, Stan Hansen, um, a legit force of nature in the ring, one of the all-time great brawlers. Um, uh, he, I love how much of a, uh, not a monster, but he's like a, a beast unleashed in the ring. And um, it's always a great joy to watch him. Um, I think the August 23rd match with Terry Funk from All Japan uh, was fucking amazing. Um, but he has a long list of amazing stuff because it's Stan Hansen and um, he's a joy to fucking watch. Just destroy people. Now, number eight. Um, I was able to see um, about four or five matches of them. And based on those, I thought she was legit great. But um, there is a footage issue because they are Lucha. Um, but this is uh, La Galactica or uh, Pantera Serena. Um, worked all Japan women, CMLL, and UWA. So um, I, I think I watched one match from Mexico. It was like the only one I could find. The rest were all, all Japan women, uh, sadly. So um, it's frustrating because um, perhaps the match of the year was her match versus Jaguar Yokuda on uh, February 27th. Um, a long line of legit all great matches between those two in this feud um so really just check out any footage you can find of her uh, it, it's very frustrating that you that we don't have more um hopefully uh someone can hook me up with some more footage of her because i would like to explore a lot more but um there was the great uh technical um aspects i've seen of her working on more lucha technical match uh but all-time great brawls with Jaguar. So um, that puts her at number eight. Um, but yeah, I, I wish there was more. There, She probably is someone. Um, I know I got a question about this, um, so I'll call it answered here. But she is someone that if there was more footage of, it's very possible they could be a lot higher. But uh, Or maybe there's a bunch of stinkers that we just don't know about. That's why the footage doesn't exist. Who knows? More likely because there are women from Mexico. Um, Number seven. Speaking of quote-unquote Mexicans. uh, Tito Santana, who uh, worked WWF and, of course, Montreal because of that. Um, Tito is one of the greatest babyfaces in the history of wrestling. If you've, you've only... I don't know where your history is, you, listener, out there. Uh, but Tito, if you think of a babyface who is going to fight with um, determination and vengeance and go at someone uh, and have the best comebacks in their matches but sell throughout greatly, um, but can also brawl, um, can take it to the mat, yeah, Tito is one of the legit all-time great babyfaces. Um, I have him seven here. Um, he spent majority of the year feuding with Greg the Hammer Valentine. And if you've never seen those series of matches, um, you should. Because they are 
maybe one of the best feuds in WWF history um, and produce some of the greatest matches in WWF history. Um, for Cheeto, I'm going to point out the March 17th Lumberjack match. Um, one of the best, maybe the best Lumberjack match I've ever seen. Um, absolutely tremendous stuff. Uh, but uh, Tito, man, I don't think there's much wrestling better than a Tito Santana babyface cutback late in the match. Um, and yeah, love Tito. Okay, number six, Devil Masami, who uh, just worked all Japan women. Um, what do you say about Devil? One of the all time greats. Um, People always mention her amazing facial expressions, but she's obviously a lot more than that. Uh, some of the best power moves. Um, just a force out there um, who, when you're watching her, you know exactly what the story of the match is. You, like, you know, some wrestlers, you, you have to really like think about what the story of the match is. But Devil, uh, it's very clear. Um, and she was all, all over the roster facing legit everyone. Um, a match that I had from August 22nd against Shikusa Nagayo, uh, was on my greatest match ever top 100 list easily. Uh, so you, if you haven't seen that, uh, maybe check that out. But, uh, um, I, I watched... Um, I, I watched a lot of this stuff a few years ago, but uh, for this project, I watched a, a handful more, and um, there wasn't a devil match that wasn't at worth at least worth a check out because she was awesome. All right, um, we mentioned Tito Santana and his uh, his focus in '85 was a feud with Greg Valentine, and um, so yeah, Greg Valentine number five. Um, same thing, Montreal WWF um, spent most of the year feuding with Tito. Um, why did I have him hire? Um, uh, I like some of his away from Tito matches a little bit more. Um, and this is 85 is probably absolute peak, peak Valentine. Um, and yeah, what a great. Like if if you're a fan of like the Finley Regal type like bruisers who um, are gonna keep on you throughout the match for lack of a better term, um, and you haven't really watched much Greg Valentine, um, probably want to check out Greg Valentine because uh, you'll probably love him, and he's really great. And this is one of his better years, so I'm glad to to get him in the top five. Oh boy. Okay. The top four. Um, this is getting a lot harder. Um, and I, I'm sorry, Elliot, but number four is Dump Matsumoto. Um, I didn't have her hire, but she worked all Japan women, obviously. Um, mostly feuded with Shigusa, the guy. Um, but, you know, had other great stuff as well. And, uh, I mentioned Stan Hansen as an absolute force of nature um, or an absolute beast, um, a special occurrence when they're in the ring. And that's Dump Matsumoto. Um, 
just legit just turn on any fucking match throughout that year and um dump feels special um she legit feels special every time she's out there uh she's one maybe the best brawler I don't know if you want to call her a death match worker, but she she works a lot of weapons into there, and every match is complete chaos in the best possible way, not the shitty popular possible way that some matches are complete chaos. Um, and uh, man, dump dump is great. Um, watch a dump match. Uh, the one I want to highlight, uh, um, one of the best. Uh, tag matches um, I think made my GM meet my greatest match ever list I'm not entirely sure if it didn't it was like a hard cut uh, but from October 10th um, it was Dump and uh, Bull versus uh, the Crush Gals um, just a you know 9 out of 10 great match alright number 3 sorry like every time I uh I finish a person. I, I, I drink some more coffee. Um, so if there's some, it, it's, I'm not traumatic pausing for amazing effect, which I should probably do. But instead, I'm uh, I'm drinking some lovely coffee. And if that's showing up on the mic, I apologize. Um, maybe Discord will edit it out. We'll see. All right, number three. Um, this is the uh, the best men's wrestler of the year. For me um and this is rick martell who worked all japan awa portland montreal pro wrestling usa st louis memphis and jim crocker promotions um maybe more <laughs> but that's just what wrestling data has which is wild uh he was the the awa champion who uh defending against all comers all over the world um, I mentioned Tito as one of the best baby bases of all time. Uh, and we had Steamboat and Ricky Morton on this love. Oh, man, 85 is a baby face heavy year, isn't it? Uh, but Rick Martell, I have above them. Um, he manages to be uh, extremely sympathetic um, every time he steps into the ring. But it never... Um, it never gets too much. Like, um, there is sometimes when I'm watching a Ricky Steamboat match where I feel Steamboat is too hammy. Um, and I don't think Rick Martell ever feels too hammy as a babyface. I think he's just perfect. Uh, his fiery comebacks are amazing. His offense, uh, especially for 1985, is quite tremendous. Um, Rick Martell. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, Rick Martell. Um, just great. He's he's great at exchanging holds. Um, but... You know he 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 can he can step into it if uh, if you get him angry. Um, he, he's very versatile in that way. And um, I watched a bunch of his matches against some really random people, like Jimmy Garvin or um, 
some big monsters and uh and everyone he was just absolutely tremendous um and uh here i'll even mention rick flair for all the those people out there uh, october 21st he had a i thought an absolutely amazing match with rick flair uh, at the championship carnival um and i won't say that much about much rick flair very often but um there's a match to check out for all you you flair fans uh rick martel um Man. Okay, top two. Top two, top two. Um, yeah, I think maybe Martel at one point in my head might have been able to challenge for the for the number one spot, but the, the these top two, I think, kind of set themselves apart uh, and were hard to beat, and it was kind of a question between these two. Um, both all Japan women. Uh, so number two, uh, Jaguar Yokoda, who also worked some UWA. Um, we mentioned the like a little Galactia feud. Um, but outside of that, she was just having tremendous matches with everyone else because she was kind of she wasn't the ace of the company, but she was kind of like the man. All Japan Women was fucking stacked. Imagine having a roster with Jaguar, Shigusa, Devil, as like, and Dump as your like top four. Fuck. Insane. Um, so Jaguar, um, way ahead of her time. Um, an absolutely amazing, uh, not only power wrestler, but like she kind of felt like Rey Mysterio at this point. Like, she was so ahead of her time. And bless her, she's still wrestling today and still actually looks great. Uh, well, for a 60-year-old, uh, she looks really good hitting some amazing spots that, you know, a lot of people don't hit. Uh, but here, she's, like, she's pulling out stuff that you don't see for years, like um, a jackhammer out of nowhere and Frankensteiners and all this stuff. She looks amazing. Um, Great athlete. The the Galactic Feud is an all-time great feud. Uh, but the match I want to point out... Um, oh, I might have pointed this one out earlier. Let me just check my notes, make sure I didn't goof. Um, oh, I, I... Oh, no. Uh, August 22nd. Uh, another... Um, another match... With Lioness. I might have had the date on the other Lioness match. Um, but she had a great she had some great matches with Lioness that year. Uh and and uh some great title matches. Um and uh all of those are worth checking out. But yeah, the Galactico feud as well. You want to see all of that. Uh, but I already highlighted a match from that earlier. Uh but Jaguar ahead of her time, absolutely all-time great wrestler, a GOAT candidate as well. Um if you're you're thinking about people who you might have on your overall number one list. Um, you can't go wrong with Jaguar. That leaves number one, uh, Shigusik and Nagayo. I think I've mentioned her throughout this podcast, and I know Dylan talked about how great she was, and I, I might have talked about some of her talking points in that segment. Um, I can't recall. That was a few weeks ago. Um, so, but what did she do in this year? She was the absolute greatest babyface of all time. Sure. Uh, 
uh, fight me on that. She she was. Um, she had some of the best technical matches of all time. She had some of the best brawls of all time. She was in the best tag team of all time. She was one of the best singles of all time. Um, she had uh, a charisma and uh, uh, I want to root for this person energy that almost no one in history has ever had. Um, I've been reading this book uh, about uh, Joshi wrestlers and gender. Uh, and they interviewed like 20 or 30 wrestlers. And it was like over 90% of those wrestlers joined and became wrestlers because they watched the Crush Gals. And they were like, I want to do this because of them. Um, the atmosphere during her matches um, was almost unmatched at any point in history. Um, crowds of cheerleading schoolgirls cheering on Shigusa, chanting her name the entire match, um, sometimes even with pom-poms, uh, which is great. Um, the match, if you've never seen it, which you should have. I don't know how you're a wrestling fan and you've missed it, but uh, watch the Dump Matsumoto uh, Shigusa from August 28th uh, hair match. Uh, a match so amazing that the crowd is in tears afterwards. Um, Shigusa was like, I don't know, this performance is like one of the, um, if you ever want to like compare wrestling to like a movie or a stage, like this is, this is an Oscar performance. And uh, she was having a lot of those this year. Um, Shigusa in 1985 might be one of the best years anyone's ever had so um yeah she gets number one uh check out chigusa um and yeah this one wasn't that hard once i really really got into it because the sheer mass of uh, uh shigusa matches um i i have this uh I have this spreadsheet where I have all the wrestlers I voted for in 2016, all the wrestlers I'm considering voting for, and then anyone I consider for a year. Um, it's all on it, and I start... Uh, when I get into a year, like 1985, right, um, I, I simply have one column that I just put in star ratings for every match I do, and then I divide it by how many matches I've, rate, I've watched. And, you know, there, there's a lot of... With most wrestlers, a lot of six, six out of ten, five and a half out of ten. You know, you have your average matches. Like Shigusa's average for this year was like by far the highest I've ever seen since I started doing this. And I was trying to watch. I was trying to find bad stuff, and I just couldn't do it. Um, I guess you can knock uh, some of the dump tags. Um, were kind of inconclusive and shorter because they were storytelling, but you can't knock any of the performers in those matches because they were they were all off the charts uh, and they're great. Like um, it just might not be um, what you think of as a great match, but they are definitely great matches. So Chigusa number one, um, man, nineteen eighty five. 
ended up being um, on par with the other years. I was kind of worried at one point that 85 might be um, a little lower when I started watching a bunch of Crockett people and such. But um, 85, yeah, all the years I've done, they, they're about on par with each other. We don't, we don't have any years that are like obviously blow away compared to everything else. So um, I haven't, I'm not going to have to wait things too often. Um, you know, after this segment, I like to go into questions. Um, but I do have some actually, um, before we do that, before we, uh, we take a tiny break, we go into the question and answer period. There was some specific, uh, 1985 specific questions from Elliot. Um, one of them was, other than All Japan Women, what was your favorite promotion from 1985? Um, this might be nostalgia. This might be how great the um, the Tito, Greg, and the, you know, having Bret Hart, having Don Morocco, uh, uh, it might be, but uh, WWF 85 is actually pretty fascinating. Um, yeah, so it's a, yeah, that'd be my answer to this one. And the other one was the biggest surprise anyone you didn't expect to make your list, but ended up making it. Huh. Let's have a little gander. Who did I not expect? Um... I probably didn't expect Jumbo Hora, Jim Duggan, or Tully Blanchard. Um, some of those because of personal bias, some of those because of what you've been told, and some of those because they've been overshadowed. But um, those were the three that um, I don't think I had penciled in at the very beginning. So that brings us to the end of 1985. Um, looking at this, so I've done 1990. No, sorry, 1985. Duh. I've done 1990. I've done 1997. And I've done 2021. There's a huge-ass gap there. So we're going to do 2010 next. I've already started watching it, and I'm uh, pretty happy with what I've been watching and discovering. So that's very good. Um, so it's not, you know... You hear of certain years and you're like, oh, this is going to be a, this, maybe this year isn't going to live up. But um, turns out every year has a lot of amazing wrestling. So that, that's good to hear. Um, but so yeah, so we'll, we'll be back next month with 2010. And we're just going to take one more break and then um, I'm going to answer a couple questions here and there. Okay. All right. We'll be back. the day. 
thank you for uh, coming back for the final segment here. We have uh, we have a question and answer time. Um, I gotta say though, I'm uh, I'm pretty much exhausted my questions at this point. So please hop on the Discord and give me some more, or or DM me on Twitter or whatever. Well, however, you know, gwe26 at outlook.com, however you want to get in contact with me. Um, and, you know, they don't have to be wrestling related. They can be whatever whatever the hell you want to hear um, within reason, um, <laughs> obviously. Um, but let's get into this. Uh, so let's start with uh, Kid Dracula, which is a cool-ass name. And they ask, how do you view Sasha Banks in comparison to the top historical Joshi candidates? So that's, that's good, because um, uh, part of the problem is uh, she's, she's currently wrestling, right? So, um, you know, she has four years um, before I, we make our final list again. And to kind of add to it or subtract from it or whatever, whatever you want. I think Sasha is a very special wrestler. She, um, she, she shows up for these big matches and big moments, uh, in a way that's very special. Um, she, she can be very dramatic in her matches, which I, I super love. Um, you know, I'm for the historical Joshi candidates, like, uh, I think I've mentioned the Joshi chronological watches that we're doing on the discord, uh, weekly, uh, and we're in like November 93. Um, so you know what? That's, that's kind of similar. So I'm like kind of similar spot for watching as Sasha is in her career to kind of the big Joshi candidates. So this shouldn't be too hard. Um, so let's see. Uh, she's she's below Hokuto because everyone's below Hokuto. Um, she's below below Bull because everyone that isn't Hokuto is below Bull. <laughs> um, now, now we're talking, right? So now we're into the Shigusa Devil Jaguar. Um, if you want to look ahead, I don't know what you consider historical, but uh, Miko, Kana, um, you know, these are the type of people I'd be considering for my top 10. And is, is Sasha with them? And Aja Kong, too. Um, Toyota, uh, probably. Um, I think she's she's in that that group. Where she's in that group, that's to be determined. We'll, we'll see. But I think she's in she's in that. Um, I don't know. She's in that probably top five to twenty five overall range, maybe. Um. We'll see. That that's we're gonna see. I, I have I have a hard time right now because I've I've dedicated myself to doing top twenty fives for each year, uh, and then kind of looking at it from that way. Um, that just kind of thinking as 
Okay, so near the end of that question, um, I got disconnected um, from the, well, my recording stopped. So I answered two more questions, and I did them very wonderfully, I thought. Um, however, um, it didn't work. Um, so I could go through and re-record and then, um, I could re-record, but I feel like because I just did it, uh, and I want this episode up t today, um, I would be trying to rehash what I said. So what we're going to do is save those questions that I didn't answer, that I did answer, that you didn't hear. And save those questions and do them again uh, on the next podcast, because they're, they're, they're good questions. Thank you to Michael Zed and Ando. Um, I did answer your questions, but we're, I'm going to record them next time. So I, I, my apologies, you're only getting one question this time. Um, but send me more questions. Um, I'll definitely hit up Ando and Michael Zed next episode. Uh, but send them on Twitter, send them on the Discord, and I'll, um, I would like to have a little more of a backlog going so I can answer more questions. And yeah, they don't have to be wrestling-related, um, but they can be, uh, and I'll, I'll answer them all here. Um, so I, I apologize, you're, you're missing some nice content, but uh, we'll make it up to you next time. So uh, that's all for this one. Um, I've been going roughly a month and a half pace, um, but uh, this next one might be slightly delayed, or it might be early, but might be slightly delayed. I am moving, uh, my partner's moving in, there's a lot of life stuff going on, um, so I might slow down my watching and recording schedule, but we'll see. Um, we'll try to get it out as soon as possible, but the podcast will will continue. I want to get all the top 25s done before 2026, so uh, that is quite the journey. Uh, and I'll be back with a new guest next time. They'll they'll tell you some other wrestlers to talk about, which I, I think is great. And I appreciate everyone for listening um, on the uh, Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network or however you're listening to it. And um, yeah, check out the other great shows there. And um, yeah, any feedback on my 1985 list, any um, any 2010 wrestlers you want me to check out, you know, hit me up on Twitter, the Discord, uh, on Pro Wrestling Only. There's uh, a thread for this Maybe Not Taui podcast. Um, and I'd like to thank Dylan again. And uh, we'll return. So everyone, uh, thank you all for joining and have a, a lovely morning, evening, afternoon, whatever uh, situation you're in. Thank you. Good night, or goodbye, or good day, or good morning. And any man who knows a thing knows he knows not a damn, damn thing at all. And every time I felt the hurt and I felt the giving getting me up off the wall. I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breeze I'm just gonna take a minute and let it ride I'm just gonna take a minute and let it breathe How did Mandela get the will to surpass the everyday When injustice had him caged and trapped in every way How did Gandhi ever withstand the hunger strikes and all Didn't do it to gain power or money if I recall it's the gift I guess I'll pass it on, mother thinks it'll lift the stress of Babylon, mother knows.
My mother, she suffered blows I don't know how we survived such violent episodes I was so worried, it hurt to see you bleed But as soon as you came out the hospital You gave me sweets, yeah They tried to take you from me But you still only gave them some prayers and sympathy Dear mama, you helped me write this By showing me to give is priceless